I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swim Podcast. Joining me today is someone I've wanted on for a very, very long time. We're talking about serious star power. We're talking about six gold medals. We're talking about the one and the only star of the Wheaties box, Amy Van Dyken. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. I just like that you did the you did a the what is it the pageantry wave? Yes, and you have to go elbow elbow wrist wrist wrist. That you know what it's um yeah. If for those listening out there and you've downloaded it, she actually showed us the elbow elbow wrist wrist wrist. I don't think that you're an elbow elbow wrist 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 type of person. I'm not. I was never homecoming queen. Never a prom queen. No, I was the one driving the car in the parade for them. So yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Definitely not an elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist, wrist girl. So I'm, I'm, this is going to drop in about seven days. We're way ahead on our podcast. I'm talking to you now, the, the day after the, the presidential debate. And I am, I'm depressed. I'm wondering if we're going to have a democracy. And I'm bummed out. I didn't shower. <laughs> it's been a rough day. It's been a rough day. It's awful. My mom told me, she was like, I've been in the bathroom all day ever since that debate. It just made me sick. I'm like, I know. I know. Like, we, the way that it went down, Mel, was just hilarious. I mean, we've got, you know, these people who want to be one of the most powerful people in the country, calling each other clowns, telling each other to shut up. I, I just feel like, I don't know. I hope a lot of kids were not watching that because that was a hot mess. Well, I, I didn't. The, the beauty is we're not here to talk about politics. We're here to uplift each other. I'm going to lean into Amy <laughs> as as my Olympic sister, and, and we're going we're going to dive deep. So, what's the deal? You, you you only can win gold medals, no no silver or bronze. What, what's that about? You're I'm just I think that you know that, that bothered me. It bothers a lot of people. It kind of bothers me too. Actually, funny story. Um, so yeah, I got all gold in the Olympics and then this past year, you know, I'm competing in CrossFit and so we're at the CrossFit games and I get second and the guy gives me the medal, hugs me and he goes, Oh, this has to hurt. This is your first silver, isn't it? I'm like, turd. It was awesome. I don't know how it worked out that way, Mel. I ended up my first race. I got fourth, the last race I got fourth and in the middle, it was okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I forgot, you know, our careers fall over each other uh, for about four years. And I forgot that you were fourth at trials in the 50 free in 1992. I was. Um, how old were you in 92? 21 or 22. You weren't a baby. You were there. You were there. You were a full grown woman in 92. Yeah. And yeah. So, right. how, so what, how, how was that emotionally? 92 trials, you're fourth. You know, what was that experience like for you? Well, first of all, it was awesome just to be, I guess, in the, in the conversation, right? So I swam the 100 butterfly, got 12, but, you know, I mean, at that point, I thought whoever had invented the butterfly should be kicked in the shin. Not my, not my favorite back then. Um, and so, yeah, the 50 free to get fourth. Here's the thing, though, Mel. Had I made the team, I probably would not have gone on to swim in 96, right? I mean, that was my goal. I, I made the Olympics, and... 
I think I would have gone to Barcelona and swam one lap and that would have been the end of my career. So I'm so thankful that I did not make the team. Um, but it was really cool. I mean, swimming with, you know, all these people, I mean, that were just idols of mine, Leanne Fetter, who like, like I ended up breaking her American record, but to like be in a heat with her was just crazy. Christy Amon Layton. Are you kidding me? Now Christy Amon. But I mean, God bless America, man. It, it was so awesome. I'll tell you what, your first trials experience, like if you, if you're like Michael Phelps, right? And you're 15 years old and it's your first trials experience and you make the games. Yeah. Yay for you. Good on you. However, just the experience to be there is crazy. And the way, and Mel, the way it is now, are you kidding me? If we would have swum like that back in the day, I would, I'd still be swimming. Like, that's so cool. Our trials, so trials in 92 was at the uh, IUPUI, probably four or 5,000 people in the stands, 5,000 if they really packed them in. Um, it didn't feel much different other than the, our own pressure than an NC2A championship. And then you have the evolution of trials from 2004 with uh, Long Beach. And then, of course, now we're in Omaha. And I don't know about you. Maybe you would have thrived. Probably would have thrived. And, but it's, uh, to me, it just seems like it would, I would cry. I don't know that everyone who, who, who competed back in the day would, would have performed the same way. And uh, it's maybe maybe better, but I just I just it just seems so nerve wracking. Omaha is is extraordinary. Omaha, the way that they put it together is so crazy. If you have an opportunity to go, I highly suggest it. Um, but Mel, here's my thought on it. Right, so you know we swim at IUPUI. You know those were our trials, um, and then we go on to the big games where you've got all those fans. I love the way that USA Swimming is doing it now in Omaha with all of that pressure, all of the fanfare, because this is a team that we want to do well at the, at the games. And that's the same pressure, the same fanfare that is at the games. So I love it in the sense that, yeah, you're right. There are some of us that may not have made the team or done as well as we did at trials. However, the way that they're doing it now, just make sure that the swimmers that we have are not only the best swimmers, but the best under pressure. When I think about 1996, I think about, you know, I really think about you, but I also think about Rowdy Gaines. I think about our, our 84 team. Having an Olympics on U.S. soil is, um, I think it's a unique pressure and it's uh, and a unique sense of excitement. You either feed off of it or you don't. Stars rise and fall. You know, yours did. First woman to win four gold, and, you know, first woman to win four gold medals at an Olympic Games. Pretty, pretty astounding. Um, can you just give me a sense of Atlanta and the and what you felt going into those games, knowing it was on U.S. soil? It was huge because we never get to swim in the United States. All of our big meets are overseas. And when they announce blah, blah, blah from the United States of America, you'll get some claps. You get some boos. So when you, you are on U.S. soil, to have every single person yelling and screaming for you, a lot of us, our first race, it was scary. It was daunting. Um, my college coach, John Matos, said, I could see it in your eyes. You look like a deer in the headlights. And I was. I was like, um, what is this magicalness that is happening right now? Um, but it freaks you out. So again, I go back to, I love that we have trials in Omaha the way that it's done because it doesn't freak these swimmers out when you're on U.S. soil. So um, it was 
so magical to have the games in the United States. Atlanta did an amazing job. Um, you know, I have been to games as you have as athlete and as someone who is working. Um, and to me, I really think that Atlanta did such an amazing job that it's been hard for a lot of different countries to surpass that. And, you know, I don't know. I think London did a great job as well. Um, I don't know what you think, but uh, again, for me, I guess it's because it was home soil. Atlanta so far is the best one that I've been to. Yeah, it makes me think about LA 2028. I think it's going to be a big deal. And I think it's, uh, people don't realize the kind of fanfare that you have rolling into an Olympics. I'm old enough to remember 84 coming off the boycott in 1980 and, uh, and how special the 84 Olympic Games were. 96 tied it all together, of course, because only half the world was in 84. Participated. All the Eastern Bloc countries were out. Ninety-six brought it all back together. I was there. I was working for ESPN at the time, and uh, just doing little two-minute recaps, and then spending my time in the Budweiser tent, uh, not drinking, just hanging out. Because as right. swimmers right. do, yeah, yeah, swimmers never drink. We just hang out, yeah, in the Budweiser tent. We've never touched an alcoholic beverage in my life. This is a dramatic moment for you. You, you, you know, you you inked your name in the history books. Is there a moment from 96 where uh, you had doubt, fear, insecurity, real moment of just uh, you were white knuckling and, and, and you didn't think that you were going to snatch gold? Oh, yeah. My, after my first race, the very first race of the very first thing of the Olympics was the 100 free. Now, the 100 free and I have a long history of not liking each other. Some days we love each other, most days we didn't, and this day we didn't. Um, you know, I remember swimming as hard as I could, and John T. Skinner and I had been putting the race plan together, right? He's such an amazing coach, and um, I, I thought I did the plan right, went back to look at the video. I did not do one thing that he asked me to do. However, you know, I hit the wall. I went at best time, but, you know, I got fourth place, and at that moment, I was like, this is probably, this is, this is going to suck. This is going to be a long week. And I remember just feeling that I let everybody down. And there was a discussion of, do we put Jenny Thompson in your events? Because I don't know that you're ready. And listen, as soon as you say that, I'm like, oh, Jenny Thompson, she's my biggest rival. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I want to do it. I want to do it. So yeah, it was the very first race. And had I not come back um, two nights later in the relay, swum the 100 free again in the relay, went the fastest split in history. We broke the world record, got the gold medal. I think that's what really kicked it off. So again, I have to thank those other three girls for really lifting me up to be able to do what I did. That's fascinating though, that, that there, was a, there were internal discussions about, hey, um, Amy's not on. Mm -hmm. uh, do, we have to, do we have to move with Jenny Thompson? Jenny Thompson was a hammer. Jenny Thompson to this day, 12 Olympic medals tied with Dara Torres and Natalie Coughlin. Yep. I remember, uh, what was the, you had a cramp, didn't you? In 1996, didn't you have a cramp that was very dramatic? It was like, it was like NBC stopped and, and it, it was the most dramatic. I just remember your face, the panic on your face. Yeah. So I always had leg cramps, right? But so, you know, the, the first thing they tell you as a kid, Mel, don't sit down. Like if you've got a leg cramp, keep walking, you know, Listen, I'm an athlete, not a scholar. I sat down. And then, you know, NBC's trying to get me off the deck because it's a clear deck. And I stand up and all six feet a woman just crashed down. I remember the men's hundred breaststroke. 
was like going by me as everyone's running. And I remember my massage therapist, Emery, and his big booty crack was up on the jumbotron. I was like, I owe you beers for the rest of your life. But I was, I was scared because again, you know, Mel, here it is. I get fourth place. I let the world down, not the world, I let the country down because we are Americans and we don't send people to the Olympics to get a fourth place and a, a pat on the back. We send people to the games to get a medal. And I didn't do it. And then I had the leg cramps. So yeah, there was definite talk, especially after that. I mean, was I ready? And Richard Quick, who was the head women's coach, was like, I don't think you're ready, girl. I really don't think you're ready. And you know what? There was a lot of discussion about it. But at the end of the day, I was like, listen, I got four more shots. If I mess up again, Richard, we'll talk. But let me go. And he did. And there we go. I can't remember what my my two-minute recap was at ESPN, but I don't think it was favorable. And I had lots of judgment. I think that I'm pretty sure I probably layered this leveled you with massive judgment and, and shame. Um, and, you know, with all sorts of questions about, you know, is, is that really a leg cramp? What happened here? Um, and I'm guessing, but probably a pretty good guess. I'm glad that you, I'm glad you aired that out because you chewed up the screen. Shoot up the screen. That that was a big. That was like you got a lot of. They played that in high rotation that day. Oh, because it, it was so dramatic. I mean, it was literally like a big old oak tree. I think it bounced like three or four times. It was fantastic. Play that in slow motion. It looks cute. But then it was funny because after that, like when you see my interviews, and I'm talking to Rowdy and Summer Sanders was doing the games at that point too, and you can see me kind of moving up and down. And what I was doing is I had two ice bags and I was just rubbing them on my legs because I was, I don't know what was going on, but I was cramping like crazy and it was just in my quads. So I don't know what that was. Obviously lack of oxygen, right? I think I was just hyperventilating myself before the race. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's what it was. And it was very dramatic. And listen, Mel, if I'm you and I see a swimmer at the games, I chew them to pieces too i'm like listen what are you doing here easy there junior nationals head on back i just wanted to confess my sin to you and go on the record and uh and just say that you know my opinion was that you 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 got you went prime time with that and now and and now looking back in hindsight it's like i get it you know you can only win gold medals and if you weren't going to win gold you were going to be knocked out you're going to get fourth and that wasn't really that was just sort of written in the stars and that's where we're going to leave it. Perfect. Yes. Listen, Mel, I am, I am nothing if not a drama queen. So, yeah, if I'm not going to win, I still want you to remember my name. Collapse with leg cramps. And it's fine. And it, and it really was. Uh, it's a mark of my career. It's one of my proudest moments. So thank you. So you, you cut out there for just about two seconds, but we, we, we picked it up. The, um, so let's, in terms of talking about the 2000 Olympics, a lot of athletes talk about the Sydney Games being a special games, wonderful games. You had, uh, I remember on the run-up, I remember that you were, remember you had shoulder problems and shoulder surgeries. Uh, I never had that issue. A lot of friends did. How, how, do, you, how do you square that in your head when, you're, when your mind is a champion but your body isn't, isn't, isn't there for you? Yeah, it's, it was awful. You know, it, the first shoulder surgery, it took me 18 months to get back. And I remember my first race back, and it was at the U.S. Open. And I false started because I always did. 
people wonder why. It's because back in the day, right, it was one false start charge to the field. My start was so slow, <laughs> I needed to not let anyone else have an advantage. So now I made it even. And so anyway, false start, I kind of felt something weird. And then the race starts for real. And I threw my arms forward and I hear a snap, crackle and pop. And at the end, I was crying. And my Dara Torres, God lover, looks over at me and she goes, why are you crying? Because you got fourth. Thank you, Dara. I looked at her, I go, I am now. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. But yeah, and uh, right after that race, I ended up having a second shoulder surgery, six months to the day of the start of Olympic trials in 2000. And I didn't think I was going to make it. I really, truly didn't. And the fact that I made it, you know, and was able to swim three more times through the United States was just huge. But that's probably the worst thing I think for an athlete is your mind is still ready to go, but your body is just, I mean, it took me so long, Mel, between prelims and finals to get my body ready to swim again. It was like another full-time job. And, you know, I really think that had that not happened, maybe I would have continued and gone on to, you know, Greece and all of that. I don't know. I feel now at my age, you know, I'm in my late 40s. I say it because you can Google it, but I feel now like I could still, right? I, you sometimes feel like your mind still could get up there and, you know, I can race all these girls and it'll be fine. Simone Manuel, you're going down. <laughs> but again, physically, it's not there and it, and it is hard. The, cons- the competitive spirit never dies and it comes out in the weirdest ways if you don't have a nice outlet for it. Yeah. We, should say, we should say this. You, you have a long uh, career in media, radio, television. Um, a lot of awesome stuff, a lot of cool stuff, but it's a, uh, and, and you're there because you're, you know, you, you'll speak your mind. You, you're very solid in the ground and you'll say what you need to say. And I would say, so if I had to like two thumbnails in my brain, I would say that cramp in 96, that was awesome. The four, the four, you know, history, you ain't history, but I'd say in 2000, what you said to Ingrid De Bruin was awesome. <laughs> No, I shouldn't say that, but between you and I, I'm be like, yeah, it was pretty good. Do you want to share what you said or do I have to, do you want me to do it? Oh, I'll totally do it. And, and, there, and I'll tell you <laughs> one of the reasons why I did it, right? So it was semifinals and, because I'm going to back this up, it was semifinals and her and I swam against each other. 53. Let's go to the beginning of the Olympics. Hold on, let's do this. Let's go to the beginning of the Olympics. Her and I are in, heading down to drug testing. She's going in, I'm coming out of the bathroom. And we looked at each other, and we had been friends, Mel, right? Like, my grandfather's from Holland. I have a tulip named after me. Inga and I had been friendly until this moment. We're down in drug testing, and she looks at me, and she, I cannot make this up, goes, and I'm like, excuse me? Oh, excuse me. So then it was on. Because for, I'm for, like, for, 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 for folks out there listening who don't see this on video, um, Amy gave me, I, I would describe that just as a, as a cat's, as a cat hiss. Yes. With cat claws. With the claws. She did it with the claws. And I was like, wait, I mean, if you do the hiss alone, that's offensive. However, I could have let it slide, but she did the claws as well. Okay, it's over. So then we swim in semifinals together. And she shatters the world record. Now, listen, I'm not one to say whatever, you know, but just, here's a girl that didn't make the 96 games, right? She swam in 92, but she didn't, you know, swim in 96. And so I was like, oh my goodness. And she covered her mouth and she went, oh crap. And I was like, 
maybe it was because I was too close. So, yeah. So I, I, at that point got a little frustrated and then I made a comment. Well, you made a comment. You made a, you made a comment that will be forever. Here's the thing. I th- you know, at, at the time, I think people were like, they were a little like, I can't believe she said that. That was like, oh my God. Because the Olympics were very, if you're a woman, it wasn't fair. If you were a man and you said something like that, it'd be okay. You, you're tough. You're standing your ground. You're speaking your truth. But if a woman does it, no. It's the reason why I like Lily King so much. Lily King put it down and, and called FMOVA out, gave her a finger wag. And this was the finger wag a um, couple decades, you know, it's 16 years ahead of, ahead, of its, ahead of its time. So I raised my daughter this way. It's the reason why I like it. I'm celebrating you. Uh, and it was a little, it was, it was, it was intense, but you said you would have, I would, was it, I would have done, I would say I would have broken the world record too, if I were a man. Yeah, Correct? I did say that. You did say that. Oh, you're cringing. You're cringing. I am but, cringing. Listen, I, because I think you grow up, right? You go, oh, oh, so inappropriate and just so stupid. And so, you know what I mean? Like it, the woman broke a world record, like be happy for her. Right. But no, there's Amy mouthing off. But I will say when I saw Lily King doing the finger wag, I was like, yes, girl, harness the energy. I just, I'm with you. Like, I love it. I think, I think so many times in Olympic swimming, we're all so even keel, right? We're all so, I mean, you'll get a fist pump, you'll get a, a, you know, a high five every once in a while. But when Lily King started doing her stuff, I was like, you know what? This is someone that I can get behind because she is not towing the party line, right? She is herself. I love it so much. And she was like, oh, no, 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 girl. Uh-uh. Same thing when the hiss happened, right? Oh, no, no, no. If I could have finger wagged in front of the world, I would have. But I think what Lily is doing is amazing. I think that it's showing a lot of young women that you can be strong. You can be um, confident in what you're doing. So confident. That, sh- that you can do that. I just, I love her so much and she backs it up. You did it 16 years before. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, say that it was an original. It, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't an original. First woman to win four individual gold medals. Four, excuse me, four gold medals at the Olympics. Oh, and that, that's cool. And you called out a competitor. So it's, it's a, it's, I, I do appreciate, um, Here's the thing. I think that it, that sports is drama and there's a lot of drama and a lot of emotion. And without it, it simply isn't honest. And it was an honest moment. And I also think it's unfair because I think if you're a man and you do it, some people would still be like, I, even to today, they'll be upset by it. But I like it when people speak their truth. And, uh, and I that probably felt like a very, I felt like a justified statement at the time. I don't know how you feel about it now in your, in your life for us. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Now it was, it's just, I look back and it's just stupid, but you know, at the time that's what I felt. And you know, I, I was voicing frustration at the fact that I was not doing as well as I wanted to do. So let's put it on someone else. It's not my fault, right? Not my fault that I'm not swimming well Two shoulder surgeries. Forget about it. It's someone else's fault that I'm not swimming well. So, so yeah, I, you know, again, it was childish. Um, it, it was nuts. If I were to do it again, would I do it? I, I would like to say no, because in my age, I've learned. However, uh, yeah, it was honest at the time. 
I appreciate it. So you, if you could, if, if, if the middle-aged woman sitting before me now could, could go back and talk to the young woman in 2000, you'd be like, don't do this. But you're also a realist. And you're like, I don't, I don't know if that would work. Yeah, because I think that Amy back in the day knew everything, right? Like she, she knew it all. And if I would have told her, don't do this, because this is going to be not the way you want to end your career, um, yeah, I, I would have, I would absolutely say that because it's not, it's not the, I had a great career, right? And for people to remember that crap over the great stuff that I did. Yeah. It's just really a bummer. So, you know, again, you can get frustrated at yourself. Just keep your lip zipped. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way. I feel like you're a kindred spirit. And, and here's why when I was out of swimming for a very, very long time. And when I came back, I, I, I had been so competitive and so harsh with my competitors I, and everyone who knew me at the time was aware of it. I spent many years making apologies. <laughs> I did. I spent many years making apologies going, look, I might have taken it too far. I might have been too much of an, of an ass. And, uh, but I felt justified in being that competitive. And, and we get older and we, we, we love each other in the end. Right. Exactly. And you get, here's the thing. Your career blossomed and you had a great post-swimming career and, uh, you know, of all the cool things that you did, I just want to say this, uh, you were on stage and you did the vagina monologues. I read the vagina monologues uh, at a certain age. It was appropriate. My, my wife read it. She gave it to my daughter to read. And, uh, I, I thought that I was like, that's boss, man. It was so amazing. It was so cool. The thing that was really cool too about it was, you know, first of all, the empowerment, right? Like you hear all of these stories about things that happen to women in different parts of the world and things. Um, and so that was amazing. You sit there and you yell the C word for about five minutes. So it kind of, you know, it, again, that's empowering. The thing that was cool, Mel, was, you know, if you've ever seen it, um, you know that the way that it starts, right, is they do this whole, you know, turn off your phones and put them on vibrate, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes dark. And then the three women walk out and, you know, you're wearing the black pants and a red shirt and you just sit on stools and you have cards. And there's one moment where just one person starts the show. And that was me. So I got to sit there and wait until there was like uncomfortable laughter. And then all you hear is me go, I bet you're worried. And it's still dark. And you can hear all the women go, oh, my God, I am. I'm so, I am. And then the lights go up and then, you know, it starts to it is so powerful. It is amazing. And, you know, that was one of the moments of my life that I was so proud of um, to be able to speak on women's issues that way and be a part of just such a, his, like, a, a historic Broadway and I was off Broadway production. So that was really cool. I have a new puppy who's decided to bark at the husband. So sorry. It's all good. It's all good. I, I put my dogs away because I'm a professional. And you're not, not anymore. I just want to say that we're gonna drop it right there. But I do want to say I had to bring I had to bring up the the, the play because it is such a. I thought it was just so powerful. I think it's a powerful piece of artwork, and the fact that one of our very own Olympic stars did it. It's just it's it's you know a lot of athletes don't have a second gear. Um, it's uh, they don't go do something that that's really cool. And your, and your career has been extraordinarily cool in the, in the aftermath of the Olympic games. And it's, and it's, but it made so much sense with the, the Amy that I knew and fell in love with while you were racing. So, uh, we are down to, we're down to 
10 minutes. Oh, we are wow. down to 10 minutes. We're down to about eight minutes. But okay. it's a, so it's, it's hard to, it's, I, I, I didn't want to start this out, but I, I do want to, I do want to talk to, about the, about your accident mm-hmm. and, and where you are now. And, uh, you know, can you, can you tell us where you are now? Because you're looking back through the lens of somebody who has um, gone through something that is transformative and, you know, put it in your own words. Where are you at right now? Um, right now I'm at a place I never thought that I would ever be in my entire lifetime, right? Um, the way that I get around is a wheelchair. Um, I'm in constant pain 24-7 from belly button to the tips of my toes. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, nerve, and, is it, what is, what kind of, describe what kind of pain is that? Um, it's nerve pain. We don't know why it happens. It happens to some of us and not others of us, but the way that it feels right now, um, it's a good day. So you know when your hand falls asleep to the point where you can't even move it and that's pins and needles, that's what it feels like right now. Um, it'll go into um, like almost like lightning strikes through my feet um, and then it gets so bad, like on a really bad day, it literally feels like someone's ripping my skin off. So, you know, I have sur- – here's the thing, Mel. Like I never had surgery until I was, you know, 25 years old in my shoulder surgeries. And now I have a surgery every three months. So it's gotten to the point where I can look at the anesthesiologist and go, okay, here's what we're going to do. And they look at me like, you have got to be kidding me. They ask me like, are you a a CRNA? And I'm like, no, I'm a swimmer. (laughs) But, you know, it is interesting. And I don't know if you want me to to go into what happened in the accident or not. But um, to live uh, in a way that I never thought that I would is very interesting. It's very humbling. Um, And I think it's given me a different perspective on life. The fact that I used to be fairly jaded, um, and now I look at humanity a little bit different. And I think like we are all struggling with something. Give everyone a flip and break, you know. Well said. Well said. It's a. It's a. I. 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 I, I think most people may may spend some time. You don't think about what this would be like unless one of your peers is in that situation, because suddenly it becomes very close and intimate. And when you go to that place and you think about it, it's like, how, what would my life look like if I was, if I was in a chair and, uh, and we see people soar and you see people persevere, but I I think that's, that, that's not honest. That's a tiny piece. It's not, you know, what is it like when you're alone? What's it like when you're, when you are by yourself and there's nobody around and this is your situation? How do you, how do you find meaning and purpose and stepping forward in that? And that's gotta be a struggle on a daily basis. Yeah, it is every single day. And I will say the first year was um, a struggle that I didn't think that I would get through, to be honest. Um, and again, I don't mean to, you know, make it heavy, but there's a lot of things that go on, you know, in a wheelchair. I'm not going to be graphic, but I'm just going to let you know from my belly button down is paralyzed. Think about what's below your belly button and what you have no control over anymore. Right. So it's uh, it, it that's a struggle. Um, there are days even now where it's a struggle and I get frustrated and I'm like, if I weren't in this flipping chair, but here's the thing, these are the cards that were dealt to me. And, you know, there are days where my feet are so swollen, I can't get my shoes on. There are days where I can't leave the house because I've had some bad Mexican food. Mm, okay. Um, and, and I look at it and I get so upset and I will cry, but I'm only going to make it a moment. Like, I made a decision that I'm not going to make it my entire day. I want to make it a moment and I want to learn from that moment, right? So like what in that moment was frustrating me the most? And nine times out of 10, it's that I don't have my old life back. No, you don't have your old life, 
right? Like we all move forward. We all progress. None of us have our old life. So why am I sitting here complaining about it? Because I'm in a wheelchair more than somebody else. So that's just kind of how I look at it. I will say one of the hardest things ever, ever, ever was to go back to a swim meet, be rolling around on deck and see my peers because I had always thought of how I would react to them, but I never thought of how they would react to me. And there were some watery eyes out of a few people. And, um, you know, it, I know that it was hard for them. So that's another thing that I've had to realize, right? Like, yeah, it's hard for me to see myself this way, but it's hard for everybody too. So you know what? Suck it up, buttercup. Like, let's make it an awesome life because this is the life that we have. And you know what? Be a B-A-B, bad booty bitch. <laughs> is it... Uh... Talk to me. You're, you're talk to me about CrossFit. Talk to me about what what you're doing and and what you're bringing there. Because I got to be honest with you, buddy. I I did CrossFit. My wife's in a CrossFit group. They do CrossFit. They invite the husbands. The husbands make it for one or two workouts and then they tap out. I was one of those husbands. I made it longer than most hus husbands, but I tapped out. It was like I'm like I'm not going to suffer this much. Um, what what does it meant for you? So what a lot of people don't know is the day that I got injured, I went and I did CrossFit. I was doing it before. And I had met the guy who owned the CrossFit gym that I was at. Um, and he had gotten back from regionals, which is kind of like an Olympic trials. Um, he didn't make it to the Olympics, but he made it to the Olympic trials. And we were talking and he was talking about how he's a firefighter and blah, blah, blah. He was my first responder that night. So CrossFit has played a big role in my life. I was told that had I not been as fit and as muscular as I was, um, let me put it this way. If you take a hair off of your head, cut it in half, that's how far away my vertebrae was from my aorta. So if I were not as fit as I was, it would have gone straight through and I would have bled out. We wouldn't be here. So um, CrossFit played a big part. And then um, a, a guy who's become one of my dearest friends, Kevin Ogar, he was a regional athlete as well. He ended up getting injured in a CrossFit competition. It was a freak accident. He came into my hospital room and he said, hey, bud, we're doing this adaptive CrossFit thing and I want you to be a part of it. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably four years later, he calls me on the phone. He goes, hey, I hear that you're in Denver. And I'm like, I am. Let's get together for lunch. And he goes, great. We'll do it after workout. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not coming to a workout. He goes, okay, well, that's great. Um, I'm not going to talk to you until you do. So see ya. And he hung up. And I'm like, F me, no, F you, excuse me. And I showed up to the gym and the rest is history. I started competing again. Um, we had the Wheelwad Games, which is, again, the Olympics, and I got second. And it's really helped me in my life, you know, um, move better, feel better about myself. If I'm having a bad day, like, you know, look at me, I'm in a wheelchair, wah, wah. I'm going to go lift some weight. And I'll tell you what, I'm putting up some weight heavier than I did when I was training for the games. So, you know, it's pretty cool. I, I, uh, I love it every day. I love the community. Um, and I just love the way I feel. So here I am, the old lady in CrossFit. I looked at the girl who got third, by the way. Here's traditional Amy. And I go, hey, Sydney, you want to know what's really sad? She's like, yeah, what? And I go, I'm old enough to be your mother. That was a little bit of an Inga de Bruin moment. <laughs> was that a little? It was. I know. But see, she and I are friends. She's not going to hiss at me, I hope. <laughs> it's awesome. It's exactly what I would hope you would say. 
So let me ask you a nerd question. It's a you described pain, and you and you said that it was a, you don't know why it happens. It's 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 the nerves. Um, we know that that exercise, lifting weights, it changes brain chemistry. Does does that help? Does that help manage your pain? Does it help your pain at all? Working out for the one to three hours a day that I work out, depending upon where I'm at in the season, um, I don't feel the pain. So that's great. I get a little relief. Um, however, when I'm done, it kicks up a lot. So I have to be ready for that. Um, I do do certain things, you know, like when um, I do have a surgery, instead of using propofol, Michael Jackson, I use ketamine. That was like, a, a, you know, a drug back in the 80s that people were stealing out of vet offices. And the reason that I do that is because it actually will reset your central nervous, look at us nerding out, reset your central nervous system to feel pain differently. So I still feel it. I just don't care, and, which is amazing. And special K, excuse me, ketamine is a, um, so it's something that it would, I probably, when we were growing up, we knew that our, our friends used it when they partied, if they were out there on the edge, but now, and, and it had a, you know, it was, I bet it's, is it schedule one? I believe I, it I is. Yeah. Yeah. But it, now it's being used therapeutically and it's being used for depression. And a lot of people who cannot get relief from antidepressants uh, will start using alternative therapies. And this is one of them and they swear by it. So I'm just, it's a, it sounds like it has a lot of, a lot more benefits than, it sounds like there's something going on there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They also do it for people who have PTSD. So a lot of um, vets are coming back and doing it. And so what they can do is, you know, what you were talking about with depression and PTSD is they'll do like a three hour drip of it. Um, and you know, they've thought about doing that for me, but I'm getting enough relief just for doing it for the surgeries. You do wake up a little differently. Um, it's not as smooth as propofol. Propofol, you wake up and you're like, oh, thank you for helping me. The first time I had ketamine, um, I remember screaming, you need to go get the purple elephant. It's in the parking lot. It needs to get back to the circus. They're like, what is going on? <laughs> but then you get used to it and you come out of it a little better and not scream, you know, things like that. But I'll tell you what, it is an amazing thing, doing amazing things for a lot of people. You have, you've accomplished so much. Um, it's, you know, I'm jealous that you got a Wheaty box, uh, such a great post Olympic career, but aside from just inking your name in history as the first woman to win four gold medals, it's a, uh, you know, what, what does the future hold for you? What's, um, you know, what, what keep, what, what is that thing where you wake up in the morning and you're like, you know, and I'm, I'm doing CrossFit, you know, I, I, I want to start doing this. Are you, are you there? Are you, are you, are you thinking five, 10 years down the road? Oh, sure. And, you know, I know that my media career is probably not going to last much longer, although I love doing it um, in the immediate future. I, um, they're going to have to kick me off, really. They're going to be like, old lady, it's not golden girls hour. Like, let's move on. Um, but in the near future, I want to be at uh, the games in 2021 because my record is going to be broken. And it's going to be broken by not just one person. I know we're all thinking Katie Ledecky. I also think Simone Manuel also can do it. So it's just going to be who gets it first. Um, I want to be there when this happens. Yeah. So that's, but also I have that I've started um, that when I was in the hospital, a nonprofit. It's called Amy's Army. And what we do is we get custom wheelchairs for kids 18 and under. Um, I've got a, a new little girl who I was actually talking to her physical therapist before we jumped on. And um, she's six years old and was in an automobile accident. She's paralyzed from the chest down. And we are getting her a new wheelchair, and it's going to have all the bells and whistles 
Um, but that's what I'm doing now. So five to 10 years down the road, I really hope that Amy's Army can grow um, and that we can be helping more people. We want to get into um, disabled veterans and the homeless community as well, um, because those are, are communities that are really um, underfunded and underhelped. And these things are like an orthotic in your shoe, right? If it doesn't fit right, it's going to cause more problems than anything. So I want to get as many people as we can into the chairs that fit them properly. So that's my goal. And if uh, we got, you got fans out there and they're listening and they, and they want to like, you know what? Hey, I, I want to support Amy in this venture. What, what's the URL? Where do they go? You go to amyvandyken.org. I like to keep it simple. Um, and on there, you can see kind of the things that we're doing um, and what we have done in the past. You can order uh, T-shirts or hats or just donate. And just so you know, I do not pay my board of directors. Um, we will go out for a nice dinner once a year, but that's it. So 99 cents of your dollar goes right to these kids or hopefully soon the veterans or the homeless community. So um, we're hoping to get that up and running um, either before the holidays or immediately after. But you can go there and yeah, if you can donate a dollar, that would help so much. Like you have no idea. When we post this and we go live, we'll make sure that the, that we, we point everybody in the right direction and, and hyperlink that so that you can see what she's doing and the good work. We're closing out. Do you have any parting thoughts? I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, the swimming community obviously has been a big part of my life. Um, I kind of stepped away for a little bit and I came back and it was like I hadn't left. Um, I just want to say that, you know, everyone who's listening, you guys are in a sport that is one of the most amazing sports out there. Um, I married a professional football player. When I went to training camp, I wore a shirt that said if football were, were uh, hard, they'd call it swimming. No, if swimming, were, if swimming were easy, they'd call it football. That's what it was. Oh, my God. Why aren't you mass producing these shirts? You could sell them everywhere. They, they were out there for a while, like back in the 90s, and I wore it. And I remember John Elway walking by and looking at me and like just shaking his head. He's like, whatever, Amy. And my husband, Tom, goes, would you not wear that shirt anymore? Yeah. That shirt is a, like a swimming religious battle cry. I'm 100% support of this shirt. I think this shirt is, it should make a comeback. Yeah. And I think that it's timely. I think that, you know, when you achieve something like you did and you are aware and you are, you're very engaged in swimming and I see you on deck, I see you at the events, you're, you're, it's like, you're engaged and not everybody's always engaged, but you, you're, you're, it's like your moments happening again because of Simone, because of Katie, if they can do it. And I know you're going to be cheering them on to, to win yes. four gold medals. It, will you come back on the pod? Yeah, absolutely. When they do it, when they both walk away with five gold medals, I, I will absolutely do it. Um, because yeah, I want to be that. I want to be the first person that gives them a hug after they do that. Right. Like the, I, of course, I'm cheering them on. And again, that's what swimming is, right? Like we all cheer each other on. We're all proud of each other. We all know what it takes to get to where that person is. So yeah, swimming is the best sport. That's all I want to say. It is absolutely amazing. And I think that our alumni association next to you, Mel, um, is just, it's the best in sports. We okay. try to have fun and occasionally drink a beer. Anyway, I love you. You're awesome. And we're going to cut it right there. Thank you very You're much. You're the best. All right. Thank you so much. I, I, I'm going to stop this to stop the recording. If you ever want to come back, if there's a topic you want to discuss, if there's anything like, hey, I want to talk about this. Uh, let's do. I do think that it'd be cool to kind of have you come on 
as we're as we're heading into any events and sort of tracking where our big stars are going because they are on track and it does make your history really meaningful right now it truly does yeah so i think it's so awesome so yeah that'd be amazing you yeah i'm around you you've got my information so let's just and i've got yours you're sweet you're yeah you're sweet to come on and i, I know that you with between the travel probably isn't easy so no no that, that's all good it's it's fantastic but i really appreciate you having me know you've been listening to the swim swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week you can take swim swim podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel for more videos as well